listening to I Feel For You, a podcast that supports you to be more you. I'm Dion, a creative coach, yoga and movement and meditation teacher, DJ, writer and, well, storyteller, using various tools like this to hold space and help you feel more free to be who you are and embrace all you are becoming. This is episode 13. Hello, my darlings. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Let's take a little moment to check in and see, shall we? Where are you at today? Wherever you are and however you're feeling, I'm honoured to spend some time with you and hope that together we can open up a little bit more space and tenderness today. So I've been on a little hiatus. It was my birthday in February. Shout out to my Pisces crew. And sorry to everyone else for the emotional waters that so many of us have been wading through in Pisces season. All of the feelings, all of the emo, yes, that's my favourite place to be. So first of all, thank you to everyone who's reached out to me over the last few weeks and ever, really, to share your lovely words of support about this podcast. It's really been a labour of love and intended to be an offering of solidarity and connection and encouragement to be more of who you are. So it's wonderful to hear when it resonates with anyone and it truly means so much when you feel it and connect with it and that it's useful to you in some way. Thank you for your reviews on iTunes and all the other podcasting platforms. Thank you for subscribing and also for recommending this podcast. I love it when you share me with your people because I enjoy good people. And this is a good people appreciation club. Thank you too for sharing the podcast on your socials, especially those of you sharing on Instagram stories. I always appreciate you tagging me there. It means the world. I love to know where you're listening from too and shout out to Jasmine and Co in Argentina if you're still out there. You all are the best and my goodness, I love my people. And whilst we're on updates, some of you who get my digests or who follow me on Instagram might know that last week I launched my next project on my birthday. Did a few all-nighters, it was a bit rough and rugged, um, which was interesting, but also joyful. Do you ever get into that mode? The creative flow? Anyway, my new online coaching program, Bloom, is now live and I'm so excited to have her out in the world. Bloom basically grew from my feelings of loneliness on this path and recognising my friends who don't live nearby also felt that way too. And I kept noticing that there were a lot of people I'd meet online and also in workshops and events who also felt this way, who yearned for real and true connection with like-minded people who were also interested in growth and in a way that wasn't patronising or made you feel like crap, a space that instead celebrated and encouraged you to be more like yourself so that you could, you know, like yourself and do great things. It can be hard and often lonely on this road, life if you like, living life rooted in your truthiest truth, one that's also rooted in integrity and open to exploration. And there are so many layers to unravel, so many things to unlearn as we journey on this road and there's so much to explore in finding ways to be more ourselves. 
And I don't know about you, but I thrive in places where I feel safe to be me, where I'm given room to go deep, but also have some structure and accountability to kind of hold me along the way so that I can feel a sense of progress and achievement whilst diving into all those layers. So that's why I created a seven-week program to support others using tools that have been so useful to me over the last 20 years or so. And some of you might have attended my Bloom Spring workshops. I toured them through different parts of Norway and I wanted to bring them online because there were people that got in touch that couldn't necessarily jump on a flight there. So Bloom is an online group. It's a creative coaching program that embraces the season that you're in. Journeying with different types of yoga and movement and meditation and mindfulness and creativity techniques. So I really hope that this offering is useful and inspires you to cultivate confidence, to bloom in your own way. I know, I'm sorry, that's a bit cheesy, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. So if you're interested, you can get all the details on my website, dion.space forward slash bloom, or check the show notes for a link. I really hope you can join me. We begin on the 14th of April, 2019. So feel free to sign up. And I can't wait to welcome you. Okay, so updates galore. Now on to this week's episode, which is all about trying to avoid the trap of self-improvement. It's kind of a rally cry to remind you of your enoughness, but also with some practical advice about how to do that for when times get difficult or when things get in the way. And we'll put that into action later on in the show too, with a practice so that we can make this stuff real. So this episode's kind of a follow-up to the last podcast episode, which was episode number 29. So feel free to delve into this subject if it resonates. And as always, all the links to stuff I mentioned will be in the show notes. It's kind of like a party zone. If you've never delved into the show notes page, then, you know, maybe there'll be a surprise treat for you. Recommend you heading over. So head to ifeelforyoupodcast.com or dion.space forward slash podcast. And this is podcast episode number 30. 30. We made it. I really hope you enjoy this episode and remember to like and subscribe to the podcast if you dig it. Now let's get into the show. There is so much talk about self-improvement, but what if we did something radical? And instead of trying to strive to be something else something more, to have more and to be more, to acquire more, to be more neat, more fun, more healthy, more fit, more comfortably off, more well-traveled, more woke, more liked. What if we instead stopped? Stopped trying to work on ourselves, to change who we are, be better, be best, be something else, do the most. I mean, I spoke about this already in some ways in a previous podcast, episode three, Learning How to Be. And I wrote about it too in a blog post called A Journey of Learning to Like My Selfie. And I'll link both of these in the show notes for you. There is such a quest for transformation when the most radical transformation to ever exist lies in you, already being you, accepting you accepting who you are. I don't mean be an asshole and accept that you're an asshole. I mean being with yourself, truly getting acquainted 
and seeing yourself with compassion and, dare I even say it, some love. Yeah, I know. It's especially hard for those of us who haven't got there yet or who haven't been shown how that's possible. It's understandable. We live in a world where value is placed upon what you can do, show, demonstrate, document and display. And there's nothing wrong with those things either. It's just that life exists beyond that. Life is you. I mean, you are life. Is this becoming too chasing of one's tail? Okay, let's try this another way. We can spend so much time trying to improve, show, change, acquire, get and be anywhere but here that we miss it. We miss life. And I'm not going to put that John Lennon quote in here because I really don't feel anything for John. Sorry, friends. I grew up listening to Earth, Wind and Fire and I didn't really hear the Beatles until Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which was what? 1986, perhaps? And anyway, I might add that that was a great moment for me. And we love you, Matthew Broderick. Anyway, sometimes we use things and need things to hide behind. Things like being more busy, improving ourselves more, or being on our mission to do more, have more, show more, be more. Yeah, so sometimes we use those things and we need them to hide behind in order to validate us, to give us or others some kind of meaning, to define something about who we are, to bolster an identity, to armour us with authority or somehow make sense of this weird and amazing experience that is life. We try to control by pushing and being busy and staying within the lines and playing by the rules and any other idiom that works here. We assign ourselves roles and routines and rituals and ways of being that make sense according to what someone else said perhaps five minutes or 5,000 years ago. Terrified to be extracted, extradited, called out, shamed, maimed and told that we don't belong, shunned and left out, ostracised or ridiculed for not fitting in, not following the rules, not being a good person, not doing wellness right etc. Because we've been told that there are a certain number of things we need to do before we hit 25, then 30, then 40, because, you know, the gap starts to widen because this is the last moment of time you have before it's too late. Life is over, apparently. Being 25 is deemed old. Old isn't shiny and new and fresh and desirable anymore. That's when you're supposed to secure the bag, the check, the child, the career, the house, and set up a comfortable retirement plan. You know I'm being sarcastic here, of course, darlings, because deep down we know that this is all nonsense, don't we? Especially if those of you born around 1980 or later and or live a quote-unquote unconventional life slash career and or live within some kind of margin or beyond some kind of border, knowing otherness with a capital O, don't we? Do I need to do an episode about this? Should we talk about age? Especially those of us who identify as women in this world? Let me know. Send me a message. So what if we rejected the option to constantly be more, to constantly improve ourselves? What if we surrendered and accepted ourselves right here and now? Sure, it might feel pretty unsteady at first. I mean, what are the rules for that? 
What exactly should we do in terms of finding that self-acceptance? How should we behave? What should we order from the menu? What's good? What's bad? What should be expected of us? What will we find when we get there? How will we know? Because we need to know, right? In order to measure something. But what if we rejected measuring and analysing and comparing ourselves in ways that never allow space for satisfaction or self-acceptance or, God forbid, trusting that we're enough and whole as we are right now? How do we do that? How do we avoid the trap of self-improvement when it's leading to us feeling worse about ourselves? Well, I think it's got a lot to do with noticing if feelings of unworthiness are getting in your way. Do you often feel unsatisfied no matter how much you achieve? Are you reluctant to slow down and savour each task you complete and are instead already on to the next thing? Do you find yourself constantly seeking the next thing that might help you to feel better? No critique here because seeking is a wonderful asset, but do you feel you have to look until you find this magical remedy that resolves everything? A good sign of that is, for example, in my lifetime of yoga teacher training, I've definitely met a lot of people in their bubble of privilege. And, you know, yoga land has its issues with that, as I've spoken about in the past. But I meet a lot of people in teacher trainings that literally did nothing but spend their time going from one yoga teacher training to the next, for example. I mean, of course, I was envious. Who wouldn't want a life that was enabled access to studying wherever you wanted in the world? But I would be agape at their lifestyle of travelling the world and jumping from one training to the next, to the next, to the next. And of course, I'm a massive encourager of every yoga teacher developing their education and studies forevermore. Because, you know, as soon as you start teaching, you know that it's just the very, very beginning of the road. However, I guess I'm grateful for all those broke-ass situations of living as a poor yoga teacher in Norway all those years ago because it really made me make the most of the resources I had available. But also, it really set the tone for me to absorb and test and explore what I'd been taught, which is probably why I will never commit to one school of thought in yoga. So I would take what I learned in my trainings and I would test it on myself. I'd use a massive block of time where I would practice and refine and soak and reject and reframe and explore this stuff in classes and workshops and retreats and develop my own methods and question everything. And I think that's made me appreciate the absorption part of learning as much as the actual learning part. This is kind of how I hopefully grow and develop in my yoga teaching career. And it's the same when working with many of my coaching clients, for example, who are running their own businesses. They often have an idea about what they should do and often they might show up having taken many, many workshops online only to feel deflated when they don't follow through or finish something or achieve the changes that they imagined or felt they should have done. And then because they feel like a failure in some way, that unworthiness sends them into seeking the next thing that will make things right or fix the situation, fix them. And the cycle continues because let's face it, you can buy all the trainings, all the workshops, all the courses and manuals in the world, but they won't have the greatest impact if they're starting from a base level of dissatisfaction 
and striving and judging yourself for not already being at the final post yet. You know, like think back to any exam you've ever taken or if you've ever run a race or played a sports game. You're often told not to try to train or revise right up until the moment before because your brain needs time to digest information just as your body needs time to absorb nutrients. And the best way it does that is through rest, absorption. It's the same with if you're building strength, for example, after an injury and you're using some weight-bearing activities. You can't keep using your muscles without giving them some recovery time afterwards. Or let's use the example of working on a creative project. And that can be a creative anything. Do you notice that things inevitably flow better when there's space for ideas to come through? It's that notorious inhale and exhale analogy, right? Between both the inhale and the exhale is a period of rest in the transition. We need space to absorb and do nothing. We also need that space and time to pause and perhaps review. Consider what works and what doesn't. Because without it, we can become so focused on one part that we might not necessarily have any resonance with. And I'm interested in us always being able to consider, is this working for me? How do I feel? Can I allow for the full process? Which means including breaks as part of progress. It's something I talk to my clients about often, especially when they spin out with overwhelm from giant goals they might have put on themselves that never seem to get closer. They might achieve something spectacular but be so consumed with the next thing that they need to do. And we all know where that leads, right? Burnout, my darlings. And I have a lot to say about that because it's certainly not fun at all. So... Advice I offer to my clients is to dig into what's pressuring you to keep doing more and seek out the next thing. Is that voice inside urgent and anxious? Recognise when unworthiness rears its head and tells you that you aren't enough. The inner critic has a lot to answer for, my darlings, and if you haven't already heard, I made a podcast episode talking about going on a date with your inner critic, which I'll link for you in the show notes. It's podcast episode 29 in case you want to make a note of it. The inner critic can get in our way and it can make the difference between a healthy goal and a toxic one. That's the trap. And here's how the trap works. So you set a goal, right? You're stating what you want and wanting can lead to striving and striving can call forth judgment and judgment can add a critical lens to everything. And if you've been on Twitter as long as I have or looked at any newspaper column written by a black woman and dared to read the toxic comments, you'll know that judgment never stops. It has no limits or dead end. It can spiral into a negative and painful loop that is really hard to get out of. It's not helpful or constructive. It's often linked to something in the past, comparing to something that's happened before or it's occupied in the future, striving to be somewhere else. It's never present. We're off somewhere else. See, there's nothing wrong with setting a goal, wanting to go for something, being inspired and craving change. Nothing wrong with that at all. So long as it's sustainable and rooted in accepting who you are, having a foundation of knowing that you're already enough to begin with, which is hard to swallow if you've never done that before or if you've never been shown how to do that. Presence 
can offer us one hell of a potential to anchor to something. It can set us off on the right foot. Not to be striving about where we should be or reminiscing about something from our past. These are the moments of your life right now. Being in a place of presence is where the magic can really happen. This is the space where we can absorb, process, heal, accept, be. You know what I mean? Is this too trippy? Too buck wild? I hope not. I'm not saying either that we should try to disassociate from helpful self-improvement goals or plans or that feeling of being able to move forwards. Rather, I'm encouraging us to look out for when self-improvement becomes unhelpful, when and if the inner critic behaviours of self-criticism or self-judgment get in the way. Telling us that we should be some type of way, that we're not enough as we are, or perhaps making us compare ourselves to others who have a completely different experience of this life than we do. It can be a really violent and toxic place to be, and exhausting too. So, learning to be with ourselves, with tenderness, acceptance and self-compassion, can be radical, and offer us an opportunity to check in, to practice presence and find ease and hopefully love for ourselves just as we are. Imagine that. So, shall we try something right now? Like for real? So if you're not driving or walking around or obviously operating machinery or something like that, if it feels appropriate and safe, you could close your eyes and just do a little check-in right now. Just like taking a mental photograph of yourself in this moment. How are you feeling? How are you breathing? Can you notice without needing to adjust anything right now? Observe and be curious about what you discover. Log that information, recognising by doing this you're already demonstrating the power you have. Because noticing is the first necessary step in our capacity to change anything at all. It's the first and biggest step. So check in. Without judging or attaching a meaning to what you discover, explore what's there. Befriend yourself in the process, especially if you come across tension. Notice your jaw, your shoulders, your hands, your tongue, your belly, your scalp. Notice it all. Perhaps even greeting them like old friends. Hello, mate. How are you feeling? Then listen for the answer. Then, if you've come across tension on your adventure of discovery, ask yourself if any of that tension is necessary for you right now. Sometimes we need tension. It can be useful for a short time. For example holding a bag of groceries or puppies. Okay, maybe not puppies. Let's do a bag of groceries. We hold the handle so we can carry the weight before putting it down. The tension is temporary because we eventually put the bag down. So ask yourself, 
Is there any tension I'm carrying right now that I can soften? Without needing to create drama or judgment around it, soften just a little. Soften your jaw, your shoulders, your hands and fingers, palms, your tongue, your belly, your scalp. Soften. Then see if you can let your breath feel as supportive as possible. Not forcing by control, but rather inviting ease. And then meet yourself again. Check in. Hi, how are you doing, my friend? How are you feeling? And again, without judgment, notice and log what's there. And if you have time and you feel like it, you can repeat that a few times, as many times as you need. If your eyes are closed, gently open them and take your time to take in your surroundings. And if it's helpful for you, you could try this technique at different points in the day. You might use it, for example, if you have a particularly busy day with lots of tasks involved, but you're trapped in that sense of never being enough, never feeling enough. And you can use the same technique. Notice what's going on. What's there? How are you feeling? Is there anything that's causing unnecessary tension? And if so, how can you soften that tension? What can you do right now? Is it, for example, addressing a particularly time-sensitive task immediately so that you can be free from worrying about it? Is it saying no to doing something you initially said yes to but you've changed your mind about? Is it taking a damn break? Is it simply adding more time to practice remembering that you're enough right now? And if you need help with that, I have a podcast episode you might listen to to support you. It's called Learning to Trust You Are Enough, Especially in Challenging Times, and it's podcast episode 28. So my friends, ask yourself what you can do right now to soften any unnecessary tension. It might be just remembering to breathe, remembering to drink some water, to ask yourself, have I eaten today? Have I rested enough? Ask yourself what you need, practice presence, bring it back to the here and now. I hope that's helpful. So my friends, if you can take one thing away from today's episode, it's this. If you find yourself caught up in the trap of self-improvement, remind yourself that transformation doesn't have to mean change. It can look like acceptance. An acceptance doesn't have to seem passive. It can look like self-compassion. This is powerful and radical work in terms of creating long-term, meaningful and sustainable change. So I really hope that supports you wherever you're at today. And I'd love to know what you think of this episode. Have you ever felt caught up by the pressure of self-improvement? If so, how? What did you notice? I'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas, tips and musings about the topic. 
you can leave me a comment in the show notes. This is episode number 30. Perhaps contact me on social media. Find me on Instagram, Dion with seven underscores, and Twitter too, Dion with one underscore. The links to find me are in the show notes. And please let me know if you're listening to the show. Perhaps take a screenshot and tag me in your Instagram stories. Let me know where you're listening from. Say hi. Give me a high five so I can give you a happy, you know what I mean. Please know that I am so grateful to spend time with you in this way. And if you'd like more free resources to encourage you to be more you, feel welcome to sign up for my digest, which is a love note from me to you via email. You can find it by heading to dion.space forward slash digest. Thank you for listening. I really, really appreciate you and love you. Take care of you. Until next time.